This is the Fertile Mindset Podcast, where we explore all the emotional aspects of fertility to support you on your path to parenthood. My name is Sarah Holland. I'm the Fertile Mindset Coach and a mother to two children after my own fertility challenges. I hope you find all the support and inspiration you need within this podcast to carry you forward on your fertility journey towards your own successful outcome. It's also my wish that through listening to these episodes, you rediscover how to enjoy life now and live it to the full while you wait for your baby. Now, let's begin today's episode. Hello and welcome back to the Fertile Mindset podcast. It's so lovely to be back and I am very excited to be sharing the next eight episodes with you. Every Thursday you'll be able to listen to a new chat with some very special guests and first up today is my conversation with Nat Kringudis who is a best-selling author, podcast host and women's health and natural fertility practitioner. At her natural health clinic, The Pagoda Tree in Melbourne, Australia, she has helped over 20,000 women rescue their hormones and reclaim their best life. I've had the pleasure of interviewing Nat several times before when she shared her extensive knowledge about natural fertility, hormones and women's health. But this time I got to do a deep dive with Nat into the mindset aspects of fertility. It was fascinating to hear Nat's insights into the importance of mindset and how this has evolved the support she gives in her clinic. I'm really happy to share too that Nat will also be joining us in the Fertile Mindset Sanctuary for a live chat and Q&A with our members next week. So if you are a member, do look out for your invite. And if you're not yet a member and you'd like to join us, you can do that at fertilemindset.com sanctuary. On that page, do check out all the fertility support, the support circles, the tapping guidance and resources, and lots more that you'll receive in the sanctuary too. It would be really lovely to welcome you as a member in time for the live chat with Nat. For now though, I hope you enjoy listening to our conversation here on the podcast. Hello Nat, welcome to the Fertile Mindset podcast. It's lovely to have you here. How are you? I'm good. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you so much for having me. It's it's such a delight to be here. You are very welcome. We were just talking, weren't we, about how long it's been <laughs> since we last spoke. Yeah, and right. It must be over two years, two and a half years ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. Time just goes so fast lately. And I know. they say yeah. time flies when you're having fun. I don't know how fun mm. the last two years were. Yeah. <laughs> it still feels like at the time it felt kind of slow. But now looking back, here we are two and a half years on and, you know, Nothing's changed wow. really, has it? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it, it feels like another world away mm-hmm. that that time. Like it was the start mm-hmm. of lockdown, wasn't it? And I was doing an interview series. I think I did it every day for eight weeks or something crazy. I, I can't even imagine doing that now, but I, I did it during lockdown and you were one of the amazing people that spoke to me. And yeah, we were kind of quite naive to it all at that point, weren't we? And not Actually really... Just. No, no idea what was going to happen no, and no idea probably best that we didn't know that yeah mm-hmm. two and a half years later we'd still be dealing with the aftermath and everything okay. so mm-hmm. yeah so really lovely to have you here because I know you have such a wealth of information in the way that you support women with their hormone health and with every area of their fertility and their general health you know you've got so much that you can share with us um, and it's almost, yeah, difficult to know where to start with you, Nat, because there is so much. <laughs> I feel have... the same. So don't yeah. worry. I'm like, what do I do again? <laughs> I think it's just you know, time spent in it, doing it. And, mm. 
you get to see so many things and it I, I you know a lot of us we're always encouraged to have that niche area that we specialize in and I find that really difficult because we see such a range of different things that it's like I don't want to I don't want to do that I just want to help anyone that needs that so you know um fertility is obviously how we made our mark and really almost 20 years ago now um we got very busy doing that but since then I have great pleasure in seeing younger women older women women and everything in between yeah and you're right as well even that fertility community they may come to you initially because they're trying for a baby or they're worried they're not ovulating or whatever it is but someone isn't just their fertility or just their menstrual cycle either there's so many other elements going on in their life and in their house and yeah it really pays doesn't it to zoom out and have that that bigger picture of the person I know I see that within the work that I do as well on the emotional side and you absolutely must do with all the the physical hormonal stuff that you do I mean yeah I spend I say nowadays not necessarily to the patient I don't say this but I will say it you know I spend far more time helping women believe in their body than what I do actually physically fixing the way that their body works because our mindset and our belief around our own body and its ability is extremely powerful. In fact, I was listening to something, I can't remember, it was they were quoting a study and they talked about some um, analysing people with bipolar disorders and how they could test them 10 minutes apart, the same person they identified as Joseph and then they identified as Ben, let's say, and Joseph was in perfect bill of health, took a blood test, perfect bill of health. And then Ben um, tested with, you know, type two diabetes and heart issues and all sorts of things. And it's the same person. And the only difference is that they, you know, the way that they think, act and behave is very Mm -hmm. different. So there's, there's definitely more work needed here. And it is the hardest thing, I think, especially for women who have been in it for a long time to rediscover and and trust their body and and really believe that they can fall pregnant and will fall pregnant so I do I spend a lot of time sitting with patients nowadays I think once upon a time I spent a lot of time physically addressing the issues that we were seeing whether you know whether it was endometriosis or PCOS or unexplained infertility or just even just hormone imbalances in general and I loved that but I did realize that there was this big piece that was missing and that was that women were basing their fertility on other people's experiences, not their own facts. We borrow other people's facts, so to speak, and take them on as our own. You know, you can probably think of how many times someone's told you something and you've kind of believed it. Like my, I'll tell you an example. My mother always tells me how busy I am. You're so busy. Mm-hmm. I've just got no time. You're so busy. And the truth is I'm actually not. <laughs> I'm actually not like I do I get to do a lot of things but very rarely do I feel very overwhelmed and very busy that's her perception of what she sees it's not actually the facts of what is reality but if I don't have that awareness I can take her perception as my reality and it's not but I can believe that and that is a very different place to operate from so I think when it comes to our fertility I would encourage women not to take someone else's opinion as what is fact and true for them. It's just an opinion. And even then in saying that, don't believe me either. (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, this is just my opinion as well. So but I just think it's very powerful to be able to disconnect from the beliefs of the world and to be able to own it for yourself and what's true for you. Yeah, gosh, that's the word that was coming to my mind listening to you speak then was how powerful that is, right? From that kind of split personality right through to your mum saying that you're busy and no doubt that kind of fleeting thought going into your mind, oh, I am busy. No, I'm not busy. You know, it it makes you doubt yourself, doesn't it? It's interesting. Yeah, and now I've just, I get patients to do this thing where (laughs) they kind of send that thought back in a message that they don't have to verbalise. But I get patients to say, oh, that's cute in their mind. Like, oh, that's cute that they think that, you know, like it's just a way of switching the script, so to speak. Whenever someone says, oh, you're so busy, I think, oh, that's really cute. (laughs) I'm not actually that busy. Um, And the same way you could apply that to anything. But we do take other people's opinion, especially when it's a medical diagnosis as fact. And the reality is also when we get a diagnosis, if you were to do nothing different and you did exactly what you kept on doing, the opinion that you're receiving is probably true. You know, let's say for PCOS, you get a, a diagnosis of PCOS, you're told you got PCOS. Okay, that's fact, that's true. And if you did nothing at all to address that, to try and improve your quality of life, your lifestyle, your nutrition, your sleep, if you didn't do anything, fact is that you probably are going to continue to have challenges around your cycle and challenges around your fertility. But if you took that information and actually created variables, those facts would be less true. And so this is what I think we need to realize is that when we're getting someone's best opinion, it's in that moment and it's not permanent. And so for most cases, it's not permanent unless you've had some type of structural damage. So how can we really use that information to create some space and some ease because it is asphyxiating when we get these diagnoses and it is difficult to know what to do. And so I would say to women, if this is you, the first thing I would be saying is what variables can you go and create so that that fact is no longer because you've gone and created something different and therefore you can expect a different outcome. But I think it's very interesting that we We're not encouraged necessarily to do this, especially from a Western sense. And that's not anyone's fault. That's just the way the model works. And this is why we have other people to help us, whether they're alternative therapies or they're coaches or whoever they might be. You know, everyone has a place to support us and everyone has an amazing ability to do that. So I just wouldn't first and foremost take someone else's opinion as fact. And secondly, when you're presented with, a conclusion, how can you create some variables to change that, to put you on a different path? So, so interesting. I didn't know we were going to talk about this and I'm loving it. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know either. We just started here. Okay. Let's talk about it. I just think it's very interesting. You know, in, I just see women are worn down. They're so worn down Mm. from all of the, the tests and the diagnosis or the opinion or the, and it's, it's never approached with positivity and a lightness. It's always approached with a darkness and a, and almost a um, this is your life now. Yeah, you know it's very fixed. It's very it definite. And in my experience, nothing is definite. It really isn't. You know, I I can think of standout patients where 
this one patient come to me and she'd already had children and she needed IVF for her children. She'd been in a car accident and she'd had her pituitary um, damage in the car accident. So as a result, she hadn't had a period since then. And that's obviously because, you know, we need our pituitary to actually help to regulate somewhat our thyroid and our hormones. And if that's not happening, then you're not going to ovulate and you're not going to get a period. And so she came to me and she said, I want to get my period back. And I almost choked. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Like that is not even likely. Like, I don't know that I can do that for you. And she said, but I want to try. And I'm like, okay. And she said, if not, I just want to feel good. If we can't get my period back, I just want to feel better. And so anyway, we started treating her and to add, you know, salt to my wounds, she was vegan as well. So often that can be difficult. And it's not to say that if you're vegan, you can't fall pregnant, but if you aren't well and you're not a healthy vegan, that can be a big problem and it can take more time. Anyway, long story short, we started treating her and that was great. And then she came to me and she'd made some more lifestyle adjustments that she'd also researched. And I got this phone call and I never forget it. I want to say it was like maybe three or four days before Christmas. And she's like, Nat, I got my period. And I'm like, shut the front door. Are you kidding me? Like I was so excited. I couldn't believe, I couldn't believe. And that was a case where there was actually structural damage, but she decided that there was nothing riding on it. And it's very different for fertility because she'd had her children. There was nothing riding on it. It didn't matter if she got her period back or not. She just wanted to see if she could. And I wonder if we could approach fertility in the same way. And if we could, we could bring a little bit of lightness to it and let's just see if we can rather than we must do this. And if I don't, I'm going to miss the boat and it's too late and I'm too old and it's all over. And let's just see if we can. And I think when we can create some curiosity around our fertility, it creates space. It's less heavy. It's less definite. And we can have, and we can bring in some of that positivity, positivity that we need to get the more likely get the outcomes that we want we know that stress just accelerates everything so we have to do this we have to create these variables yeah it does and it starts from day one doesn't it you know when when someone's realizing that they're having trouble conceiving and I often think it's the kind of attitude that they go in to see their doctor with is it like I need to hand this over to you and you need to fix me because I know there's something wrong or is it more of a partnership of like what can I learn about myself here and mm. how can I have a part in this? And it's not easy to go in feeling that expansive and light, is it? You know, when it's when no, you're so it's worried. definitely not. It's mm. definitely not. And we look for the worst case scenario. We want, you know, we search for the bad news because yeah. at least it would explain what's that's happening. Right. Yeah, yeah. And even then, even if you get news that's not favorable, again, how do we create variables? What can we do to change the situation we do have far more control over this than what we're led to believe and again it comes back to that same idea that a diagnosis is a diagnosis that we see is a definite and it's it's we can see many people either manage their symptoms to a point where they their fertility is optimized and we can see people recover we can we can see the body be put into a mode where they're in recovery and you know, recovery doesn't mean that you're not predisposed. It doesn't mean that if it's a fine line that you're walking and, you know, for some of us, we 
we perform our bodies perform better than others whether that's on a cellular level or a systematic level you know some people detox better than others um other people's have a better cellular function for whatever reason it might be it's genetic but it doesn't mean that you can't you can't put your body into a position where it's actually functioning to the best of its ability under whatever the circumstances might be like my friend with the pituitary issue she's always going to have challenges but she knew that if she put her body into a certain state it worked better and so that's what she did and it's amazing what can happen when you have that that um ability to do that and to create that that curiosity and that expansion it's very powerful yeah and there is so much that we do isn't there every day just in our everyday habits of what we eat and whether or not we exercise or whatever, that we're not putting our body in that place. You know, obviously you're talking about the mindset there, but every aspect of our life, we're not necessarily supporting our bodies and allowing all that potential to come forward. I think going on a fertility journey is such a learning experience in itself, isn't it? You know, you learn more than you ever thought you would need to know. And you can learn so much about yourself and how you thrive rather than just survive, you know, and how you can really unlock that potential of your body it's fascinating Mm. Mm. it really is it is fascinating and I I think you're right it's not until the time when we do decide that we're ready for our conception journey that we start to probably pay attention and it would be so nice to actually start to consider these things well before Mm. (laughs) Um, and you know we we spend most of our life trying to not fall pregnant um, only to find that when we actually do want to fall pregnant, maybe it's not as easy as as we think it is. I did an interview this morning and we we're talking about this and they said, we were talking about yearning, you know, yearning for a, a baby. And truthfully, I said to her, I never yearned because I never had to because I was fortunate enough to conceive very quickly. But I understand and I've seen tens of thousands of patients that have been in that position where they have yearned because it didn't come easy. And the longer that you wait, the more the yearning is there. And I wonder also, I had no idea if I could fall pregnant or not. Had absolutely no idea. I'd never been pregnant. Um, I had, you know, I'm in the fertility industry. I had a healthy cycle. I, my body was in a very good position when I conceived my first child but it was experiment. It wasn't, I was curious. I'm like, I wonder if we can, I wonder if we can do this. And I remember saying to my husband, I don't actually know um, how long this is going to take. I don't know how fertile I am because we've never done this before. I've never needed to see and find out. And sometimes I do wonder whether when we go into our fertility journey with less information, it can be less overwhelming and it's great to have the information, don't get me wrong. And I see two types of people and I see this in the clinic, but there are patients that I definitely try and keep as little information or I try and give them as little information as possible because they're not at a stage of yearning. They're very green. They're excited. They're curious. And there's something about that that just takes the weight off your shoulders mm. as opposed to let's go in all controlled you know, you've done all the tests, everything looks great, there's nothing wrong, and then we don't fall pregnant. And then what is going on? And then we go down that rabbit hole. And so, you know, that to me, it feels when you even think about that and talk about it, that feels heavy. That feels hard. 
So how do we how do we do you know if we could bottle the surrender we'd be we'd be we wouldn't even be here talking right now would we <laughs> you know that 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 process of surrendering is very hard but it's the it really is the number one thing and I don't know I mean there's so many things we can do and I say this to my patients all the time there's so many things that you can do when it comes to nutrition and ticking boxes and making sure you're resting adequately and sleep hygiene and movement and you know, all of these things that we talk about. And yet if the if the part of it is the the body belief and that part's not there, then no amount of sleep is going to change that. So it is the sum of all things. We know that. But I do think that we need to be kind to ourselves when we go into this process and a bit more curious about it and and just see what the outcomes can be. And we don't have to borrow anyone else's belief in that. It's just ours. Yeah, I love the word curiosity and I love the mm. lightness and the potential and the excitement. Like you described those more naive patients that come in, you know, it's trying to get that quality back, isn't it? And you mentioned earlier about age. And I think that's one of the big factors at the moment, isn't it? And it's it's going to be, I think, while, mm. you know, our culture and society is the way it is, because women do tend to kind of plan out their lives perhaps with their career and what they want to achieve and when they want to have children and meeting the right partner perhaps and and age is kind of looming over all of that isn't it and they're trying to create the life they want and try and plan it in the way that they want to or can you know when there's an opportunity to have children and they go into then they're trying with well now it needs to happen you know I've, I'm 35 I'm 36 heading towards 40 whatever age they are when they begin and they need it to happen quickly because they've got the awareness of their age. So they're already starting really with that, that kind of pressure. And I know that that you see lots of women, don't you, who are in that age bracket. Um, oh yeah, definitely. I would probably bracket. see, sorry to cut you off there. Yeah. I would see the majority of my patients would be um, 35 plus, I would say. And, you know, there's a couple of things to be said to that. You can see somebody who's in their mid forties, who's more fertile than a 30 year old based on all the things we've been talking about. Um, so it's, it's whilst age is definitely a factor, it's not the factor. And if we were not fertile in our thirties and forties, women, women wouldn't be prescribed birth control. <laughs> You know, there's a reason that women are still prescribed birth control in their 40s. It's because you still can fall pregnant. And so with that in mind, I think it's very important to flip that and be aware that it's not at all impossible. It might take slightly longer for some. Um, but, you know, and that's also because we've got to think about what happens here when we are in our perimenopausal years. And we start to sort of head into that from around 35, which is a hard pill to swallow, really, because we've been told that perimenopause is such a dirty word. Women don't really understand it. And it's just the phase before menopause. And we're always going through phases. If you think about it, we sort of move through seven-year phases um, as women. And so you're in the next phase as of 35. Now, you're still fertile, but we start to see the ovarian decline from around then. And it's a very, very gradual decline. It doesn't just switch on and off. It's gradual. And for some women, that can be over 20 years, a gradual, gentle decline. It's supposed to happen. So we see this gentle decline. And, you know, what it means is our hormones start to fluctuate just a little bit. So in our, you know, our, our 20s, we had, for the majority of us, we had regular 28 
day or 29 day cycles. They were like clockwork. They were once a month. You kind of knew when it was coming. And then as we head, head, head into our early 30s, we might notice that our periods start to get a little bit lighter. Um, and patients will say, is this okay? My period's lighter. What's going on? And I'll say, enjoy it because it's going to get heavier eventually. Um, <laughs> embrace it. And, you know, in, in this is a textbook case, but in a textbook case, as our ovarian function slowly begins to decline, we see these fluctuations where our cycles, instead of them being 28 days, 29 days, they start to fluctuate a little bit. So, you know, 26, one month, 31, the next, 28, the next, 34, the next, and that's still considered regular. It's just fluctuating. And so this is a result of the ovarian decline. Now, if we haven't watched our, our cycles over a period of time, these fluctuations mean that ovulation fluctuates by a couple of days as well. So if we're adopting the principle of, oh, I ovulate on day 14, well, actually, probably not. Around 10% of women actually do. So there's a mistake. But this fluctuation can make it a little bit tricky to pinpoint ovulation if we're not tracking that properly. And what we also see is that when we couple this with stress, so the adrenals start to contribute and, and we see, you know, stress is going to see our cortisol levels rise. The combination of cortisol and our decline in our ovarian function, rather than seeing little fluctuations, we start to see really big fluctuations because cortisol is bossy and it is there to save you and it'll come along and it will pull rank and tell everybody else to just calm down and just go away and I'm here now and I'm going to sort this out. And unfortunately, that's not an ideal environment for conception. So we need to, we can't control the ovarian decline. We can, we can have a little bit of control over that but we can control the adrenal and stress function that contributes to the fluctuation and only makes it bigger and makes it worse, so to speak. So we have to actually look at that piece of it, especially as we enter our, you know, 35 plus, because that's all we can do. We cannot change your own systematic ovarian decline. That's just part of aging, but we have to look at the things that we can control. So this is where stress becomes really important. And I think, being really mindful that a really nice thing happens around this time of our lives. We are probably the busiest we're, we're ever going to be. We have, you know, usually if we've had children, so for some people that they've already had children and then maybe trying for a second or a third, you've got a child that you're running around after. Perhaps you don't yet, but we often are caring for elderly parents. We are working full-time. We are running a household. We've probably got some other activity, study, something else going on. And so life has gradually built up to this point where we have a lot on our plate. And so we need to be really mindful of that. And this is where that whole busy thing comes in that I spoke about before and why I refer to that is we can feel very busy. And when we are very busy, we're normally operating out of a, a stress state, a fight or flight state. So with that in mind, I love to flip that. And I love to say to patients, you get to do a lot of things because you've earned the ability at this point in time to do a lot of things because over your life, layer upon layer, you keep adding to the plate and you've learned to juggle that plate. And so rather than buying into busy and stressed, how do we flip that and say, I get to do a lot of things and I get to do it well. And I don't need to stress about it because I've learned with my life experience that I can do all of these things. And 
just with that creates some space and it also helps with the adrenal function and the cortisol to just come at it from another angle and allow the ovarian function to actually thrive as much as possible for that phase of our lives. And to me, when I can get patients to understand that, it changes their perspective because all of a sudden they realize, well, I can't do anything about the ovary function, but I can do something about my stress. And so that's where I have to start. There's such power in language, isn't there? And I noticed how you, you brought in that I get to do this rather than I have to do this and I'm overwhelmed right. and there's so much going on. Yeah. It, it, and when you change your view on one thing, you change your perspective on your work or whatever else that feels busy. It, it changes your perspective on everything, doesn't it? Then, because if you think, well, actually, I'm enjoying this and it is spacious mm. and, you know, stress levels reduce in one area of your life, then it's going to have that ripple effect and on every area, isn't it? Yeah, and I think it's it's so important for us to realise what's actually, first of all, systematically happening in our body and then what, again, are the things that we can do to steer it towards optimal function. And if we keep doing that, you will hold on to your fertility for a very long time. Yeah, yeah. And I, I loved how you said about flipping the script away from... Mm you know, actually women do get pregnant in their forties, otherwise they wouldn't be prescribed birth control. Yeah, <laughs> and we can use true. that and be empowered with that information, you know, that women mm -hmm. every day are conceiving in, in those later yeah. years for sure. So we've talked a lot about stress um, and I really appreciate you bringing that to the conversation. Obviously it's what I'm, you know, very passionate about. It's what this podcast is all about. Mm -hmm. What kind of really practical steps can you give any, any kind of tips you can give now if we're, if women yeah. listening can really identify with that and, and want to move away from feeling stressed out and and have that spaciousness going on yeah I mean we we can't do anything unless we actually recognize when we're at uh when we are operating from a place of stress so the first thing I ask women to do and I think maybe we've had this discussion before is to help women to become conscious of when they're actually operating out of that overwhelmed state. And I think one of the things, again, it's to, it's that what what facts are we borrowing? What, what opinions, sorry, are we borrowing from other people that are actually are not facts for me? And I think that is really a, a very powerful thing to start to think about. Where in my life have I bought somebody else's opinion? Um, and I don't need to do that anymore because that's stressful and it's not true and I've bought into it and... So that's one thing I would start to, to do. I'd also encourage people to, when they are feeling overwhelmed, to actually just stop and write down a list of all the things that they feel overwhelmed or stressed about. Majority of the time, there might be one key central thing that is a big stress for us at any one time. And then we start to choose stress for everything else that we have to do. So if we can get aware of what the major stressor is, we can look at all the other things that might be on our list and realize I actually don't need to stress about those things. <laughs> um, I'm just choosing that because I'm feeling overwhelmed right now. And I'm choosing to stress about those things because, well, when I'm in that fight or flight, flight state, I get stuff done. So I think really being conscious, I think it's about using our precious cortisol and adrenaline for when we actually need it, not when we don't. And being able to to practice conscious stress and being aware that you are in that state. Most of us aren't aware that we're even 
feeling that way. So if we can stop and check in with ourselves, how many times a day are I feeling like that? And if you're hearing this for the first time, you might be thinking, I don't even know how to do that. But me just even saying this, you now have an awareness that this might be happening for you and you'll find yourself. I find myself sometimes sitting there and I'll be just like, Matt, take a breath. You know, you're overwhelmed right in this moment. And just by doing that and going, yep, I am overwhelmed. Very good point. And just sitting there for a minute and resetting. And it's not that you're not going to be overwhelmed again. You might be overwhelmed another 15 times that day. It's how quickly can you recognize you're actually feeling it and how quickly can you do something to analyze whether it's warranted or not. And so just in doing that, you start to create those little pockets in your day where you are not in fight or flight. And the more pockets we can create, the more we can actually have a handle on our cortisol and our, our adrenaline. And so I think that's really important is just start to practice conscious stress and recognize where that's showing up. And I promise you just in doing that, that's a game changer. When I say to patients, what's the most profound thing I've ever said to you? It's usually that. And I'm like, that's not very profound. <laughs> well, we are blessed to hear it on the podcast then in that case. It's amazing. Thank you. And yeah, you're opening the door. You're yeah, opening the door to the body healing, rebalancing, allowing all that good stuff. That's amazing. Thank you so much, Nat. This has been a wonderful conversation. I've really enjoyed it. Please let us know how our listeners can find you and keep in touch with you if they if they'd like to learn more of course I would love that um I'm Nat Kringudis everywhere possible um natkringudis.com is my website and there's loads of information on there and lots of great resources for people and then I really do love to hang out on um Instagram mostly so I'm Nat Kringudis there as well come over and have a chat and um I just like to have fun there more than anything life's too you know life's too short to be serious all the time so <laughs> yeah I love seeing your stories on Instagram and, and getting the, the sneak peek into your life as well now uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wonderful thank you so much for joining us today and giving us so much to think about and and put into action straight away that's been really great thanks Nat oh, thank you so much Sarah I'm so pleased you're listening to the Fertile Mindset podcast and now I would love to invite you to join us in the Fertile Mindset Sanctuary the Sanctuary is my fertility support membership, which is focused on taking care of you and helping you enjoy your life while you wait for your baby. In the Sanctuary, I'll guide you through using an amazing technique called EFT or tapping, and you'll soon be feeling less stressed and more joyful. If you're not already in the Sanctuary, do come and join us today because the best time to start receiving support on your fertility journey is always right now. Honestly, it makes such a difference to have good quality emotional support and techniques that you can pick up and use yourself whenever you need them. Go to fertilemindset.com sanctuary to join us today. I look forward to hopefully seeing you there and at the next episode of the Fertile Mindset podcast.